Football is back. The NBA bubble is in full swing. My name is Dylan Schloss, and I am a senior at the University of Southern California. I am a student studying journalism here to talk about all things sports. And now let me introduce you to my wonderful team. My name is Skylar Treppel, and I'm here today as a graduate student at the University of Southern California studying sports journalism. I love all things sports. We're talking basketball, we're talking football, and all of the amazing social justice things. There's just so much to talk about, and we'll go with our next introduction. Hey everyone, I'm Jordan McGee. I'm a junior studying communications in Annenberg, and I'm also minoring in multimedia for designers and entrepreneurs and Ivan and Young. I've been a lifelong sports fan and I'm excited to unpack some heated arguments and some great discussion. I'm Paris Wise. I am a junior studying journalism at USC's Annenberg. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge basketball, football, and boxing fan. I'm an LA native. Really excited to get it going. All right, guys, this is for the win the For The Win podcast, where we'll be talking to you about all things that are happening in the world of professional sports on and off the field, whether that is uh, something going on on Twitter or whether that's a social justice movement or if there's something going on on the field that we feel like we need to talk about. This is an Annenberg Media production of uh, an Annenberg Media produced podcast. We are all students at the University uh, of Southern California, and we are looking forward to talking to you about all things sports. So let's get right into it, guys. Football is back. It officially feels like fall once that finally hits. Last week was the first week of football, and we saw how it would look in this new normal during the pandemic. We saw the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Houston Texans, and it was interesting to see limited capacity with fans in the crowd. Now, everybody thought this would be a disaster from the the start, and luckily it it hasn't been so horrible, but we have received uh, reports from ESPN uh, following that game that a fan from the game that attended uh, had tested positive for coronavirus, and they are still waiting for more tests to follow. Uh, guys, how do we feel about sports during the pandemic era, um, especially football, where it's a state-by-state basis and there is limited capacity and they're letting people go and attend these games? Well, Dylan, it's great to hear uh, that football's back. You know, we see how sports bring a city together, especially during a time of such uh, division in our country. It's great to see that some fans are able to attend um, sporting events once again. Um, and in response to what happened with the one fan uh, who tested positive, um, I think that was ultimately going to happen at some point. Uh, sadly, it happened week one. Um, but I'm actually pretty impressed with everything that the NFL and uh, pretty much across all sports, what's been done to combat um, the spread of the virus at these sporting events. Um, I read a couple articles about how um, the fans are not only being uh, forced to sit away from one another, but to enforce this, they've been zip tying certain um, seats that are um, grouped closely together. Um, So I think that these leagues have done a great job in terms of trying to put a product back out on the field. Um, And this is just sadly the world that we live in. You know, I love that perspective, Jordan. I have to disagree. I think Everyone has handled it wonderfully. I mean, you're seeing NHL bubbles, you're seeing the NBA bubble, and the NFL, although they tried their hardest to avoid the spread, they could have had zero fans. They didn't. 
Um, I think it's unfortunate, you know, I think it's a really trying time for everyone, as excited as fans are, as sad as fans are that they can't be there. I think the NFL, not only in handling the coronavirus pandemic, but also in handling certain social justice topics, um, could have done a better job for sure. All right, yeah, Jordan, I love the I love the enthusiasm over sports being back, and but I'm gonna have to go with Paris on this one. You know, the NFL, I think better is a key word right now. I think that if they're gonna have fans in the stadium, you gotta go uniform here. I think certain states are making decisions and we need to have more of a uniform policy because it's just a strange look that some stadiums have fans, some stadiums don't. And I think once fans are ready to come back, once they're ready to go with that uniform policy, we'll be ready to go. And uh, yeah, NBA, NHL, the bubble seems to work really well. So we'll see what happens going into the playoffs with the NFL, especially considering the MLB is doing a bubble. I think it's really hard too. We're coming at that point. You know, I think this conversation is turning more away from sports, but we're coming to that point where we've been, what, eight, nine months into this pandemic. People are frustrated. I understand. I'm frustrated. I would love to go watch some sports live with a crowd. <laughs> so it's just difficult. I think it's very difficult. Um, you know, uh, kudos to the NFL. I, I have to give them credit um, for, you know, doing their best effort to try and make this uh, doable it's and possible. Obviously, it's much harder with basketball and hockey. You cannot have fans in the stadium in in, in a closed space. And at least you, they do have the um, excuse or at least the uh, um, idea to be outside with the NFL and and the MLB. It's it. They didn't even make an effort to. And honestly, um, I, I don't think it's the end of the world that they didn't either. As long as you know financially, they're okay. Um, but in the end of the day. Um, as long as the numbers stay low like they have, and I mean, only time will tell really within the next couple of weeks, uh, uh, given the information that's known about the virus and how long it could take to actually get it. We'll see if this is a complete disaster or, uh, or actually somehow uh, a new model for how sports may look in the near future. Absolutely. I know it's taking a toll on the players as well to not have those crowds in the stands. So it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Yeah, and one quick uh, response to both Skyler and uh, Paris. I actually completely agree in terms of I believe the NFL should definitely um, have a uni- uh, uniformed approach towards um, having fans back in stadiums. Uh, my point was merely um, I can see the effort that they're trying to put in, but I, I do agree with you guys that I feel that um, – that it is a little weird that some stadiums allow it, um, and it's kind of been a state-by-state basis, and I feel like there should be one uniform um, decision that the NFL makes. Absolutely. One thing we can all agree on, it's great to have football back. Very excited to see where the season goes, and uh, yeah, but in terms of other sports. All right, here we go. We got the NBA bubble playoffs, Celtics versus the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. After game two, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, very heated argument. How are they going to respond? The Celtics come roaring back with a game three win, and they were just dominating, really. Uh, The Heat start off amazing with Jimmy Butler making defensive plays, and they look great. But at this point, the Celtics have gained some momentum. I'm really curious to hear what do you guys think about this series, the way the Celtics responded, and how it's going to go? Personally, I think the Celtics can push it to a Game 7, and we'll see what happens there. 
If you were to ask me in the beginning of this season what the conference finals would look like, you could not pay me a million dollars to believe that the Miami Heat would be in the position that they are and that we are not seeing a a Milwaukee Bucks team uh, in that place instead. I'm I'm all aboard the Miami Heat train, um, and, and this has been so exciting. I mean, bubble basketball, I am all about it. Like, everything that's been going on in there. Um, in terms of this series, give me the Heat. I, I, I love this this team. Jimmy Butler, proving everybody wrong. This was finally maybe the city that fit him well, and my God, with, with his supported cast, I, I love it, and I, I'm all for it. Give me the I feel heat. that's something that's uh, often forgotten when it comes to both these teams, that these are both relatively pretty young teams. Uh, we got stars that are pretty much in the prime of their careers or about to enter the prime of their careers. Um, in response to the disagreement between uh, Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, I mean, these are young, these are, these are young players in the league. Um, and to see them come back, uh, we see that Marcus Smart had 26 points and Jalen Brown 17 points in Game 3. It shows that these guys are serious and they've taken their steps to becoming a championship contender. Yeah, I have to agree with Dylan. You know, I think the Heat has proven to be surprisingly impressive. Um, although, you know, they have a very young team, so did the Celtics. I don't know that Tatum has the support that he needs to take it all the way. Um, I would say Jimmy Butler is that anchor for the Heat. And now you have Harrow totally out of nowhere just taking over and bringing a huge new aspect to the game. Absolutely. Those are some great takes all around. And we can't forget Bam Adebayo's incredible defensive block. I don't know how he didn't break his wrist on that uh, with Jason Tatum coming for the vicious dunk at the end of the game. This is going to be a tight series. If I've got to pick, this Celtics team has a lot of heart. The Heat are amazing, and they're both going to be forces for a long time to come. I think a Lakers-Celtics final could be really exciting if the Lakers finish their business. So I'm going to go Celtics in seven, but I'm happy to see either of these incredible teams. Uh, One theme in the playoffs here has definitely been blowing leads as the Celtics unfortunately did in their first two games. So with that, we're going to move on to another topic about blowing leads. All right. So taking it West, uh, where one of the, te- uh, the supposed favorites um, to make the finals before the season even start, didn't even get out of the second round. So the Clippers, we all know that this isn't the, the season ending that they had foreseen. What do you guys think about the season that the Clippers had overall? Where was Paul George in the NBA bubble? Where was he? I I don't know. There's reports allegedly coming out uh, today uh, from the uh, CBS Sports that uh, allegedly he came into the locker room after uh, that brutal Game 7 after blowing. Like, come on, guys. What's going on here? 3-1 three, three lead. Paul George goes into the locker room, um, hasn't shown up all the, the whole series, and allegedly, the play, his teammates were rolling their eyes after his uh, his post game speech, and, and I don't blame them. I mean, listen, like the, the Clippers, um, they really. I don't know if Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard really understood uh, going into joining the Clippers that uh, they were really the little brother in Los Angeles. But I think after this and getting the flack that they're getting and and getting the 
the feedback from on Twitter and from the fans, I think this is a wake up call that uh, I this isn't exactly what they they signed up for. I totally agree. I as an LA native, uh, it was interesting to hear the hype put around this new Clippers team and their reinvention of being the LA team. I think their whole pedestal was built on smoke. It was built on Kawhi's last season. It was built on this hype around Paul George, and they they just didn't connect all the pieces that they needed to do. Yeah, the Clippers did not close the deal. There was so much hype, and I think Clippers fans, uh, you know, they just, they did not live up to the hype because you have to have that championship or bust mentality, especially if you're in Los Angeles, the town of the Lakers, you got to be going for the chip. you got to be going for the gold. Now, Paul George did come out and say that he was struggling a bit with depression in the bubble. And while that's important to remember, and I give him credit for coming out and saying that, he did struggle. He did criticize some other players while struggling. And at the end of the day, it can't be, oh, we'll get the ring next year. If you're in Los Angeles, the city of angels, playing basketball, you need to be going championship or bust. And I want to see a lot more out of Kawhi and Paul George next year on this Clipper team because they have the potential. They just need to get their mindset right. And this year, it didn't happen. I want to know, too, what you guys think. Do you think it was more the fact that the Clippers couldn't pull it together or... Do we also give credit to the Nuggets, a.k.a. these comeback kids? I think the Nuggets are definitely a team that we got to watch out for. Um, I think they're a couple years out. You know, they're, they're also a young team with some rising stars. I, I honestly just think the Clippers kind of essentially just realized that they or thought, went into the playoffs thinking that they had a spot uh, in the Western Conference Finals and it was just going to be handed to them. Um, like Skyler said, they got to have that championship or bust mentality and take what's theirs and not expect just to have an easy road. I'm going to say exactly what Jordan said, but in a more uh, a less polite way and, and a more honest way, which is it was theirs to have and they gave it to the, uh, they gave it to the Nuggets. And I, I believe that going into this season, that position in the conference finals was literally there on a pedestal ready for them to take it and, they blew it. Simple as that. And uh, this is obviously not a traditional season, but at the end of the day, I mean, they had every chance and opportunity in the NBA bubble. Um, and it's the same team we're working with here. All right. Where was the battle for LA? They got to come with the hype. When that battle is hyped, you got to live up to those expectations. And I expected more from the Clippers for sure. Kawhi Leonard knows how to ball out and close games and they need to do more next time. And that looks like a battle that we're going to have to wait a year for. So for our next topic, we're going to be talking about the other team in L.A. and their superstar. Yes. I mean, speaking of robberies, I would say, you know, LeBron was pretty upset. You know, he expressed this uh, in his postgame interview after game one in the Western Conference Finals against the Nuggets, where they were victorious. Um, but LeBron was actually pretty upset uh, in an honest way with the press saying he was upset that he didn't get the MVP. 
for the 2020 season. It, of course, went to Giannis. He was upset. He only got 16 out of 101 votes, which are supposed to be anonymous votes and unbiased votes, uh, which is an interesting kind of subject in its own, considering a lot of the people voting are sports analysis. Um, So what do you guys think about that? I mean, I personally don't understand why. I could understand why LeBron's upset about it, okay? He hasn't had an MVP since 2013. He hasn't had an MVP now being on the Lakers. But you're LeBron James. I mean, you're great. You're, no, to me, worldwide, the best player out there right now. To me, in history, one of the best we will ever see in our lifetime. Why do you guys think he's so upset? I'm not sure how truly upset he is. The great players need perceived slights to fuel them to greatness. We saw that with Michael Jordan in the last dance this summer, that he would make up stories. We see that with Tom Brady in football. We see that with Kobe Bryant. They find these slights, they find these edges, they find these reasons to pursue greatness relentlessly. And I'm not truly sure how upset LeBron is because we know he wants the championship. I think he's using this to fuel him and give him something to work towards. Look how he responded. He played amazing last game. So I'm not sure LeBron is quite as upset as we believe he is or as he perceives himself to be. I like that. There's beauty in the struggle. He's kind of playing a mental game with himself. Listen, cry me a river, LeBron. I, I, I'm listen. I'm not a LeBron hater. I love the guy, and and, and Paris Scott. You both have said it. Listen, he's he's easily the best player that we are seeing in our lifetime, and I love that MJ mentality that we saw in the Last Dance, right, where he used to make up stories. And I hope that LeBron is using this to fuel him. Let's see how he does in the finals if he can make it there, right? Let's see if he could take this Lakers team that has not seen a playoffs in, in a very, very long time. Let's see if he goes and he brings the Lakers. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, of talk. You see every game, they're doing it for Kobe, right? They're doing it for Kobe, um, a guy that's always in, that was always in the conversation with them. Um, I want to see if LeBron can go and get a finals MVP. And in my opinion, if he can do that, that means 10 times more. And that would easily be talked about more and have more credibility than Giannis uh, not really having a, a team over there uh, uh, to making it past uh, the Miami Heat, all right? No, I definitely agree. I feel like LeBron kind of feels slighted mainly because he's really altered his game this season. If we look at the numbers, you know, for his career, you know, he's around the same points per game. He had 25, you know, about eight rebounds, which is close to his career average. But he packed in 10 assists per game this year, playing the point guard for a team that really doesn't have a traditional point guard. I feel like LeBron kind of feels like he's reminding not only the league, but the world that he's the best player. We've heard for a year that that guy was Kawhi Leonard, that guy was Giannis, that was maybe James Harden, but LeBron is not done. Um, Personally, I feel like LeBron is the best player in the world, and he's going to have the finals to prove if that's really true. LeBron is the best player in the world. It's it's clear, but... You know, that's the, that's the discussion with the MVP. What does most valuable really mean? And that's a whole other discussion, but because he is the best player in the world. And in, if you're going by that, absolutely the MVP. 
We'll have to see how it goes. I also can't agree he's the best player of my lifetime. That's another uh, discussion topic for another day. But, no, he's absolutely incredible. And he, you know, I, I wouldn't have been upset at all if he got the MVP. He did incredible things this season. As Jordan mentioned, 10 assists in year 17. Some of the dunks. I mean, he does have every reason to be upset. I'm just not sure that he's only using this as fuel. So, we'll see. I mean, he has a lot of things fueling him right now, uh, what with Kobe's passing and what with that amazing Mamba shot that Anthony Davis made at the end of that last game. That was incredible. Um, so there are a lot of things going on for the Lakers. Like you said, Skyler, I think it's more in the scope. Maybe he's looking more at the scope of his whole career where you would categorize LeBron James as an all-time MVP. But for this season, I think, uh, like Jordan said, he has reinvented himself pretty well. And I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks so much, guys, for a great first episode. Thank you to our listeners. I'm looking forward to next week. And remember to always do it for the win. Bye.